Welcome, everybody. We are so excited and expectant for what God is going to do tonight. You know, we truly just have believed that the Spirit is just going to move in a mighty, mighty way um, tonight. And I want to read you guys a quick verse. So it is in Ephesians 4, 2 through 6, and it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope for when you were called of one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So I'm truly just believing that tonight, like, we are going to have just a really tangible experience with the Lord, and I pray that we are just going to be able to just be filled with that spirit, and that we are just going to be able to pray and just worship our King. So let's pray, and then our team is going to get us started. Heavenly Father, Lord, and I pray that you are just able to interact with us in a real and tangible way tonight. Lord, we just are so grateful for who you are, and I pray that you're just able to work miracles within our lives, whether that be with it mentally, whether that be physically, whether that be anything that's going on within our lives. Lord, I pray that you're just able to work in us and work through us. We love you, and we are so grateful for who you are in our lives. It's in your great name, amen. Would you please stand as our worship team today that leads us in worship? We are forgiven and 
so blessed to have a Savior who gave his life for us, guided us, so that we can have a relationship with him. And this next song, Sweet Be Broken, is, is coming to the Lord broken with your heart poured out to him and giving him your burdens. And what a blessing we have to be able to do that. Amen.
Amen. My theme is unity. You want to talk about preaching to the choir? I see, I count at least eight different churches represented. Amen. Thank God. And to me, that shows a heart of unity and it shows a heart of, of living in the same community but coming together for Christ. I want to read a couple scriptures to you out of um, Philippians chapter 1 and 2. Philippians chapter 1, feel free to say yes. I won't be too long, though. <laughs> um, verse 27, it says this. It says, only, yet let, only let the manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So not let the words that come out of your mouth, but, but let the manner of your life. That, that's a lifestyle it's talking about. And then if he gives a description for that lifestyle in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side. Are you side by side tonight? Are we striving for the gospel together? Striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightening anything by your opponents. And then he goes on a couple verses after that, beginning of chapter 2. And same thing, theme of unity, striving side by side, one gospel, one Christ. And he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any participation in spirit, any affection and sympathy. So he's, he's naming these characteristics that he's assuming. It's a rhetorical statement. He's assuming. He's saying, if you have these things and you should have these things, right? Encouragement in Christ. Thank God we have that. You ever been in a moment of your life where you just shout out Jesus, Jesus? Maybe it's physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it is, but you shout out Jesus, Jesus, that encouragement that Christ can bring. Any comfort from love any participation in the Spirit. Why is participation in the Spirit so important? Because it's the same Spirit, right? And for participating with the same Spirit, it brings unity. Any affection, any sympathy. Where's our affection? Where's our sympathy, right? Those things bring unity, and, and sure, you can apply those things to the church, but they also apply to our community as well. And, and if you display these things in your life, you're not just going to have unity in the church, but you'll also reach out to have unity in the community. I don't care if they're from Washington or California, right? I don't care. Where's your sympathy and affection? Where's that in the equation? And then he goes on, he, he, he shows what these bring. And he, so he talks about those characteristics and he says, complete my joy by being part of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind to do nothing in selfish ambition or conceit. And my prayer for us tonight, eight churches at least represented here, is that we are of one accord, one mind, one spirit. I hope that tonight you can worship the Lord however you feel comfortable worshiping Jesus. But we worship him together. Let us pray. Father, I come before you and I thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord. And may we not take this for granted 
but may we capitalize on this opportunity to, to grow closer to you and then grow close, and as we grow closer to you, grow closer to each other, to one another, Father. That we will lay aside selfish ambition and conceit, Father. Lay aside our self-interest and be interested in you, Jesus. No matter where we fall in the spectrum of humanity, which is a huge spectrum, may we be united by your love and your gospel and your salvation, God, to stand firm for you, Jesus. We pray these things in your powerful name, according to the spirit that we have by you. And everyone said, Before we sing this next song, I just want to read these, these words to you guys. So it says, So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else for fit for a king, except for a heart singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I, this song is one of my favorites, because it, it reminds me of just the importance of having gratitude in the midst of tribulation. And so often through our life, we go through struggles and trials where it's so easy to be focused on the negative and to be focused on the things that we're either frustrated at or things that are hurtful to us. And um, at the age of 15, I, I lost both of my parents and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go, go through. But um, one verse that I love in John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. And how important it is just to be focused on Christ through the struggles that we go through. So let's just sing this song together, guys, and keep our minds focused on what God has done in your life and the blessings that He's brought through the tribulation.
last with you guys real quick. Last month, two months, something like that, I, I've been really struggling. And here's why. Here's why I'm struggling. is because sometimes in this world, we get battered down. We see what's happening on the news. We see what's happening with our kids. We see what's happening within other people's lives, and you just feel that weight. And can I say something? It hurts. It really, really hurts. Now, this is not what I was supposed to be talking about at all, but I just felt like it was necessary to point out the fact that life is hard sometimes. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that everything is easy always. It doesn't mean that we are just going to get through things just because we're Christians. Life is a roller coaster. We have ups, we have downs, we have twisty turnies. It goes all the way around. And here's the thing, though, is that despite whatever we are going through, despite the pain and suffering that we currently are dealing with, despite all of those things, we can give up our hallelujah. We can come to the throne of our Lord and we can be like, Lord, help me. Rescue me. I need you right now. And how often do we forget to do that? How often do we forget to come to the feet of Jesus? How often do we forget to say, I'm your child. You will pick me up and you will lead me. Now, I have a verse in Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. As a youth pastor, I often look at, at this verse for encouragement. Our kids are dealing with some of the hardest things that we could even imagine. They're dealing with the way that they look their sexual orientation, the stress and anxieties that come with social media, and the depression that comes along with all of that. For me, growing up wasn't always the easiest thing. Uh, my home life wasn't always the best. It wasn't awful by any means, but it was hard. My family's fought, I mean, my, my parents fought often. And in school, school was even worse. I was often called a gay, I was often made fun of. I was always kind of the black sheep wherever I went, in a sense. And the feeling of being called these things, the feeling of being called unworthy of love is something that no child wants to hear. And it wasn't until I found a church that filled me up, that encouraged me, that loved me for who I am and who Christ made me to be. It was because of people like that who have that Christ-like character, that Christ-like love, who demonstrated those types of things to me. That's why I'm here today. That is why I'm in front of you guys. And now my topic that we're going to be praying about here in just a moment is about our students. We as a community, we as the believers of Christ, we are the ones that are to teach our children. That doesn't mean it just has to be your children. That can be the child down the road. That can be just a, one of your family member's children. You have that opportunity to be that kind of influence within that child's life. And that is something to remember because you have more influence than you know. And by giving that influence, 
you are going to be able to impact the kingdom of God in such a mighty and radical way. So let's pray about this. And I would like us to all just to pray about our children. Pray about ways that we can reach out to them, ways that we can help lead them to Christ. Lead them to who they are meant to be and who Christ made them to be in God's image. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We are so grateful for who you have created us to be. We are grateful for the men and women that are in here that are influencing others for your kingdom, Lord. And I pray that as we just continue on with this night, Lord, that we are to be reminded on ways that we can truly impact the kingdom of God, Lord. And let it not just be after tonight, but let it go on for the next week, for the next months, for the next years, Lord, because that is what you have called us to do. You have called us to equip disciples, and Lord, I pray that that is what we are going to do. You are so good, Lord. And I know that through you, all things are possible. And I pray that we just have that encouragement tonight, Lord. And I pray for our students, Lord, that are struggling. I pray for those students that feel like they are unworthy, Lord. And I pray that you are able just to lift them up, Lord, to remind them that they are a princess or a prince in your eyes, Lord. I pray that you just truly work in their lives in a radical and tangible way. We are so grateful for who you are and what you're doing. In your great name, amen. Before our worship team continues to lead us in worship, I just want to let you guys know that there are various pastors that are from different churches here that would love to pray for you. And if you need prayer for any reason, they will be in the back of the sanctuary and they would love to pray for you.
good to see you all here. I was thinking as I was sitting there, we're not sitting where the anointing is, though. The anointing's in the first three rows. And the reason I know that is because that's where the showers of blessing are when the pastor preaches. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. This evening, we're going to take just a couple of minutes to pray for healing and pray for health, both physical and mental. And I'm just going to ask if there is anyone here that uh, would like to have prayer that is going through something physically, maybe emotional or mental, if you would be bold enough to just raise your hand and keep it up. say you're the healthier bunch I know. <laughs> so just leave your hands up and, and, and I would like I would like for those of you near them to, to look and just reach out to your hand to them if you're close enough to put your hand on their shoulder or on them. Uh, or if you're not close enough, just extend your hand towards them. And maybe look behind you, look ahead of you and uh, just uh, see there is there with their hands up. Raise your hands again so that we can see you. Mm-hmm, you're healed. Mm-hmm, you're healed. And I'd just like you to pray. Maybe, maybe you're not even close enough to someone to be touching them, but uh, a prayer for the well-being brother or your sister. earlier as Cody prayed for unity and I 
I think oftentimes the, the needs that Logan mentioned often distract us. They get us pretty focused on, on the immediate, get us focused on things that are important, but sometimes distract us from, from the things that God wants for us. And oftentimes the healing that we need comes as we join together as we take each other's hand, as we give one another a hug, as we get close enough to one another to be able to see the, the unspoken hurts and pains that people feel. And Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians and he closes out his second letter, he says these words, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Lord, we pray for each one who raised their hand, and Lord, for those who did not, who are going through difficult, every one of us are, Lord, we all desperately need you, whether we admit it or know it or not, we desperately need you. But Lord, we together as your body desperately need your touch. We need healing. We need your comfort. We need the sympathy and the affection of Christ to fill us for ourselves and for one another. And this evening, Lord, we, we just come before you. And Lord, we ask for your grace upon your church, upon your people. Lord, we, we even say as as Paul and his benediction to this letter, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
asked tonight to speak on families tonight. And, you know, it's just kind of looking about the crowd and listening to just some of the brief stories already. Um, I had chosen Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through chapter 6, verse 4. But families are so broken in today's society anymore that it's hard to just pinpoint exactly where to start. But Ephesians does give us the, the perfect family value and the perfect diagram. And yes, we have to work through our brokenness to develop that, that diagram of perfection again. Our own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, and he that loveth his wife loveth himself. With no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, that they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. And children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So talking about wives, submitting yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. How many strong women do we have in the room tonight? <laughs> Right? Okay. So, um, it is good. It is good that you have your strength. It is so valuable. You're courageous, and your love knows no bounds. Your wisdom is worth more than any riches. So use it. You are an asset. You are a valuable thing to your husband. Remember that. So you can be strong. You can be courageous. You can have all the love in the world. And you are a helpmate to your husband. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Your wife is your greatest counsel. Give her, give her equal honor as she is an heir in Christ with you. She is your, and it is, she is your greatest responsibility to love and honor her. Give yourself to her that, your, that her strength won't fail, for she is your well of strength. You need each other for the journey ahead. And that is so true. How often do we as men realize how strong we are physically? We can push and we can push and we can push, but how the world beats us down on the inside. And it's our wives that give us the strength. So when our wives fall in their weakest moments, we have to remember that we have to give of every bit of ourselves to make sure that she stays strong because she is our well of strength. Right? Amen, men? All right. All right. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Husbands, fathers, you're the strength and the structure and the protection of your family. Wives and mothers, you're the strength and that nurtures and supports and your love gives all hope. Fathers and mothers, your relationship is the strength of your family. 
Remember that. As strong as your relationship is, is as strong as your family can be. And it says, as children are to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. I wish I could say to the kids and the teenagers in here tonight, but I don't see too many. I see a couple young faces. But remember, it doesn't matter how old we get. Sometimes we as young, young believers need spiritual mothers and fathers. And it's important for us to seek them out and find them, that we have someone to instruct us and to give us guidance. So listen to them. Listen to those spiritual parents. Your life will be more prosperous and full of purpose if you will adhere to that and listen to them. And a challenge to you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. For this cause, and I'm going from verse 4 to back to verse 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So that means as us as fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, we are to prepare our children for the life that's for life and to teach them to succeed. As we think it for ourselves sometimes, do we ever wish that we could go back and be a little younger? I know some of us that have probably gotten to a certain age are like, no, I don't want to go back and be young again. I don't want to get back to this point. But do you ever wish to yourself, or have you ever wished to yourself, I wish I could take the information I have now and go back to those early years and start over? Well, guess what? You can do that for your kids. You can teach them everything you know. You can give them every, you can give them the responsibility that you wish you had overcome when you were younger right so teach them because the reason that I was asked to do this I thought to myself I thought wow you want me to teach on family you want me to speak on family I am not the picture perfect of example for um, for this I was like man I think you got the wrong guy um, but as you know I stand here before you I told you I'm not picture I'm not the picture of example I'm struggling too but we trust in the Lord through it all, and we continue to daily to do better and to be better at raising a family. And the hardest thing you can ever, and it's the hardest thing you will ever do, but it's worth doing and doing right, even if we don't always know which way direction, which direction is right. Right? We don't always know. As parents, I think we struggle with that the most. Of like we think we're doing right, but we're still guessing. We're still trying to get it right. But we do it. And we do it to the best of our ability. And daily we should remind ourselves to do better and to be better. So let me pray with you. Father God, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. We thank you tonight for this challenge to be better fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, and even children. Lord, I pray that tonight, that through a challenge, Lord, that we would be better. That we always would look at the example of you loving the church. And how our love should be towards you. As you give us a perfect example of our relationships. And Lord, we pray that we would win back our children in this day and time of the society. Because it is growing ever more difficult. And we just thank you for that blessing. That Lord, you have us. And you prosper us. And you have a purpose for us. And you have a direction for us. And you hold our hand through this very trying, difficult give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let me let you in on a little secret. Life is not meant to be done alone in isolation. It's meant to be done in community. And this right here, right now, that is the point of United Worship Night, is to be together in community. Come from, But it's about who we are worshiping. It's about who we are praising. It's about who we are praying with. That's what this night is about. So we're just going to take 15 seconds. And we're just going to have just a moment. The band's just going to play a little bit. And we're just going to have time just to pray. Just pray for whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you have. And you have people around you. So if you say, hey, I need prayer, hit that person up next to you. So let's do that for a moment. God, we are so grateful for who you are. Lord, I pray that tonight is a reminder that we are not alone. Despite any circumstance, despite anything that we may be going through, we are not alone. We have a community right around us. And Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, that we are reminded of the goodness that you are. That we're reminded that everything in this world, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You stay the same. Lord God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. You are such an amazing God. And we all pray, pray amen. So we're going to do one last song, and then you guys are dismissed, but we have cookies back there, so you are welcome to have fellowship and hang out for as long as you would like. I still have to clean up the church for tomorrow, so you guys are welcome to hang out. But you are welcome to hang out with us. And so we're going to do this last song, and I'm pretty sure we all should know it. And it's kind of a celebratory song, you know, because our God is an awesome God. All right, let's get into it.